You are now listening to When No One Else Loves You, Yahweh Will, taught by Pastor Randall Crawford Sr. Please visit our website at BethelHouseOfTruth.org to listen to more messages like this one. Again, that is BethelHouseOfTruth.org. If you're thinking about giving your life to Jesus Christ, or if you've already made the decision and would like to get baptized, drop us an email at info at goodfig.tv. Again, that is info at goodfig.tv. We're excited to join you on this journey and can't wait to see what amazing things God has in store for you. Enjoy today's message and God bless you. Good afternoon. Come on, I want to welcome you all to Bethel House of Truth this Sunday service. Praise be to Yahweh and Yahshua in the highest. Amen? Amen. All right, let's get right into this. When no one else loves you, Yahweh will. When no one else loves you, Yahweh will. That's a true statement. It really is. Because when no one else loves you, God will love you. He will love you. And what do I mean by that, though? I mean, let me see if I can get this across to you. What I mean by that is, when you fall short of the glory of God, when you mess up, when you sin, when you do things to hurt someone or make someone angry or make someone sad, or when you're disappointed in life or whatever the case may be, or someone won't forgive you or someone won't love you correctly, you have to understand something. God is right there. He will. He is right there. He will. Amen? And I want you to understand that. I want you to understand that when no one else loves you, your mom, your dad, your aunt, your uncle, your friends, your so-called colleagues, your, your um, co-workers, when no one else loves you, Yahweh will. Yahweh will. I remember one time I was having a... um. This was years ago. It's like 15 years ago. I was I was having a bad day at work. And it was like Satan was just hitting me. Bah, 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 every which way. And then I'm just sitting at the end of my shift. And I'm like, oh my God. This is crazy. I said, I ain't doing this no more. I'm done. Right? I was defeated. I was literally defeated. But then a guy came up to me. A homeless person. A homeless person came up to me. And um, he said to me, he says, hey. And I said, hey, what's going on? I said, I don't have any um, change right now, but I can get some change to you. He said, no, 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 no. I don't want your money. I said, you don't? He said, no, he's asking to have a conversation. I said, okay, let's have a conversation then, right? So we having a conversation. He was like, he said, what's going on with you today? I said, what do you mean what's going on with me today? He said, what's going on with you? I said, a lot going on with me. There's a lot going on with me, right? He says, well, don't let it go on with you. He says, bow your head. We're going to pray. I said, you're praying for me? He said, yes, I'm praying for you. He says, I'm homeless and I'm praying for you. Homeless person praying for me. Okay? He says, I pray that God gives you everything that you ask for. Homeless? This is a homeless person. Nowhere to go. Nowhere to live. He says, I pray God gives you everything you ask for. In the name of Jesus Christ. He just and like he he just hugged me. He said, "I pray for strength for you. I pray for guidance for you. I pray for more wisdom on top of the wisdom He's already given you." He says, "I pray that your 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 um your your belly and everything about you and your family is full, never empty." This is a stranger. This is a homeless man. Okay, praying for me. And I said, "Let me pray for you." He says, "Please." He said, it'll be an honor for you to pray for me. I said, right? So I prayed for him. And I invited him to Thanksgiving dinner. 
He never came, right? He says, I have to go home and eat. I said, okay. I said, okay. He says, I might show up. He said, but I probably won't show up. It probably won't be on Thanksgiving. Fast forward. Mm, a year or two before we left where we lived, before we sold our home. He goes, someone knocks on the door. I go, hello? He goes, hi, Randall. Hey, Pastor. I says, hey. I said, how are you? He said, do you remember me? I said, I do. I said, I do. I said, I do. And we had a conversation. Same person. Same person. He said, God loves you. And I said, I know. I said, he loves you too. Same person. The same person. When no one else loves you, Yahweh will love you. He will love you. And you, that's why you have to be aware of what you're entertaining. You may be entertaining an angel. And I know that was an angel. You may be entertaining an angel. When no one else loves you, God will love you. So it doesn't matter how the world loves you. Okay? Because I'm loved and I'm hated. It comes with the territory. Amen? Amen. It doesn't matter how the world looks at you. It just doesn't. And you can't hold it to anyone. Don't hold it to anyone. I don't even hold it. I won't even hold it to my kids or my wife. Okay? It doesn't matter. Because when no one else loves you, God's going to love you. We'll start in 2 Timothy. A little quick hit. 2 Timothy 1, verse 8. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8. I'll give you a second to get there. Time's up. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, <laughs> nor of me, his prisoner. Don't be ashamed of Paul. Don't be ashamed of the word of God. And don't be ashamed of me. I know I'm, I'm a lot sometimes. But be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. No matter what you go through in life, don't be ashamed of it if you went through it for the glory of God. Amen? If it's working your transformation in God, if it's working your resurrection to a higher level of thinking in God, don't be ashamed of it. Embrace it. Amen? Embrace it. Be ashamed of the sin that you cause which brings sin into your life and shame into it. Be ashamed of that. Be ashamed of that. Be ashamed of the things you don't repent for. Be ashamed of that. But when it comes to a rebuilding of self and God's causing it, don't be ashamed of it. Don't be ashamed of it. According to the power of God, who have saved us and called us with an holy calling. Yes, a holy calling. Not according to our works. We're not called according to our works. If I was called according to my works, I wouldn't be called. Amen. And that's just the truth. Because my works are not worthy of the calling of God. No one's is. Paul's wasn't. Mine's not. Yours not. It's according to what you did in the first earth age. Amen. 
Understand your role in life. Understand who you are. Understand why it doesn't matter if someone don't love you. God loves you. Amen. Understand why it don't matter if someone loves you. That's why someone could say something to me to hurt for a second. But get, but then guess what? It's all going to roll right off my back just like water on a duck's back. It's gone. It's not going to sink in. I'm not going to let it sink in. Because I got, I got work to do. I got a job to do. Amen. And my job is serving the most high God. Look at life in that way. Because the person that's hurting you or the peoples that are hurting you and harming you, obviously they don't love God. Obviously they don't care for God. Because if they did, they would know how to love properly. Amen. Think about what I'm saying to you. Hear what the word of God is saying to you. Receive it. Receive it. When someone doesn't love you accordingly, according to the word of God, according to God, according to his perfect love, they don't love God. They say they love God, but they don't love God because God gives out perfect love. Amen. And if they love God, that perfect love is going to live within them. So whatever they're doing to you will cease and it will be a new and you have a new relationship and a better relationship. But if there's, if that never happens, it's because that person doesn't repent properly. But you can't conform to who they are. We live to glorify God, amen, and Jesus Christ. Read that again. Who have saved us and called us, how we save us on the cross. Who have saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. There you go, first earth age. Right there. Definition. First earth age Before The world began This second earth age Even began The world ages Cosmos So don't ever Be ashamed Of Yahweh And Jesus Christ Or of the truth I say to you Embrace it Love it For it is That same love and grace That sustains us in life When we mess up He gives us grace And love when we mess up and it affects someone else and they're angry at you, they're mad at you, they're hurt with you, they're done with you, it's that same grace that sustains us that we ought to give others. Amen? His, his holy love brings us back into good standing with Him, into good favor with Him. Even when the world judges you, when you are judged by others, Yahweh will love you. Amen? Hear what I'm saying to you. Now let's begin this study, John 3. John chapter 3, verse 16. One of the most famous, if not the most famous verse in the Bible. Okay, right here. John 3, 16, if you have it, say glory to God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life to be with Yahweh and Jesus Christ forever and ever and eternity. He so loved the world he gave his only begotten son. See, God has a lot of children but he only has one begotten son and his name is Jesus Christ. Amen? He has a lot of children. He owns every soul. He created every soul. He fashioned every face. 
He fashioned every soul. Your flesh face looks just like your soul's face. Amen. Your flesh face looks just like your soul's face. How could you be sure, Pastor? Because that's how God created it. The only thing is in the in the um in the spirit you don't age. You're at your peak age and you stop aging there, even though you're millions of years old. You're in perfect shape. Nothing's hanging off, amen. You're in perfect shape. Can you imagine an angel being out of weight, overweight? How could they move at the speed of light? Right? They, be, they wouldn't be able to move. <laughs> so they got to be at the, the, the perfect weight. So don't worry. If you got weight problems, it's going to all come off. It ain't called liposuction, it's spiritual suction. Okay? You're going to be good. G-O-O-D. Okay? You're going to be real good. Trust me. Okay? If you got vision problems, you ain't got to worry about your glasses. You're going to be good. Don't worry about it. Any problems you may have in the flesh is gone in the spirit. Amen. Because he loved the world. That's why he gave his son. But you can't get that at full effect unless you believe in the son. Verse 17. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. By his love. See, Christ didn't come to condemn the world. Not this time. First Advent, he comes to save the world. To give grace to the world. And to whomsoever will. The next Advent, though, at the seventh trump, he's coming to condemn the world. All those people who will not accept him will accept the lake. The ticket will be punched. Okay? Thank God for the millennium. And even after that, if you don't accept him, your ticket will be punched. 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned. Why? Because you have grace. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Why? Because you don't believe. Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. It's not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. How you not believe in Jesus Christ? How you not believe in the Son of God? How you not believe in the power of God? Watch this. Not believing in God causes a hard life for someone. 19. And this is the condemnation that light is come into the world and men be and men Love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. So let me explain to you the world. Okay. The world will choose darkness because the world is dark. Okay. It is dark. People who choose the light of God, they have light inside of them. Light goes to light. What happens when it's nighttime and the sun comes up? The night fades away, right? The sun comes up, takes the night away. Understand that. People who are of the world 
and will not believe in Jesus Christ are condemned. They have condemnation until they get their minds right and believe in Jesus Christ. It's just that simple. 20. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. Neither cometh to the light, lest his or her deeds should be reproved, made known. Made known. Anything, let me explain something to you. Anything that you do in life, God already knows about it. There's nothing you can hide from him. You can't put it under your mattress. You can't put it in the closet. You can't put it in the safe. He already knows about it. A safe deposit box, you can't, you can't do that. He already knows. He has the key. Amen. He has the key to open it. He has the key. Now I want you to understand that. Evil people hate the light. Neither cometh to the light, lest his or her deeds should be reproved. You ain't got to worry about hiding anything because God sees everything. Watch this. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his or her deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought with God. They are right with God. They don't have a problem with God. No one, you shouldn't have a problem with God. Someone in the light, in the truth, don't have a problem with God. Someone who plays both sides has a problem with God because the problem starts with them. They have a problem with God because they're not right. So let me explain this to you. Without Yahweh's love, without Christ dying on the cross and rising on the third day, we would all be lost and condemned to hellfire or the lake of fire. Without the grace and the love of Yahweh, the guilt of our sins, the weight of our sins would crush us. I don't even want to get into the judgment of mankind. Okay? I will, though. Family and so-called friends, church members, so-called church Christians, okay? How they pass judgment. They will judge you first. Even if you truly repent, even if you truly repent, they will judge you. You don't got to worry about what someone sees or what they don't see as long as God sees. Amen? That's what you have to worry about. Because if God don't see, you got a bigger problem. You got a huge problem. And even when the church is judging you, your family's judging you, your friends are judging you, your co-workers are judging you, they're making you feel bad and unwelcomed. Christ will love you. He'll pick up that slack and he will love you. Amen. He will love you. Because that's what Christianity is. It is love. On a whole nother level. And the person who cannot comprehend that does not have God living inside of them. And that's just the truth. Because God is love. And if we don't put out love... Christ and God isn't there. Yahweh and Christ will love you first and forgive you second and comfort you third then pick you up fourth when no one else will. Let me say that again. God and Christ will love you first. Second, they will forgive you. Third, they will comfort you. Fourth, they will pick you up when no one else will. They will just pick you right up. 
That's who they are. That's who God in Christ is. Amen. Let's go to Romans 5. Romans 5. Romans 5, 6. Thank God for Jesus Christ. Thank God for the salvation that was given to the world. Thank God. Thank God for the gift of Jesus Christ since we're in Christmas time. He is the true gift. We got to remember the season here. We got to remember why we're actually in this season because of the gift that was planted inside of a virgin named Mary. Glory to God. We're going to get into that next week, though. Romans 5. Romans 5, 6. Give you a couple of minutes to get there, a couple of seconds. All right. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. Listen to that. When you were without strength, God died for the ungodly. Christ did. You ever been without strength? Hmm? You ever been not knowing where your strength's coming from? You ever been to a point where you're just exhausted, you can't do anymore? I mean, and I'm talking about with life in itself, okay? Troubles in itself, bills piling up, people treating you this way, people treating you that way, people making you feel this way, people making you feel unloved. You ever, right? Come on. We all human here. We all human. There's no Avengers in here, okay? We're all human beings. You know exactly what I'm speaking of here. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. God is our strength. So therefore, if you are without God, you are without strength. And even in that, Christ died for you. Even in that, he died for you. Even when you were in your sin, he died for you. Is that not a beautiful Savior? What a gift. For scarcely for a righteous man or woman will one die, yet preadventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. Christ died for whomsoever will believe. He died for whomsoever will believe. For a good person. Eight. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Think about that for a second. We all got people in our life, right? Who in our family, who, who are on drugs, right? Who are alcoholics, who make a mess out of every holiday. Amen. We all got people in our life who just talk too much, who make a mess out of every situation. Amen. We got people in our life who just can't control themselves. Okay. So when they're trying to change, it looks like they're not changing, but they're trying to change and they're trying to be right. Listen now. So that even 
when it looks a certain way to someone without discernment, someone without understanding, but one thing human beings do have is judgment, okay? They're, they're pretty good at passing judgment, right or wrong. They are really good at passing judgment and making someone feel a certain way, making someone feel real uncomfortable in life. He commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So if Christ died for the sinner and whomsoever will, hoping that that sinner, key word there is hope, hoping that that sinner would come around and give their life to Jesus Christ, to him, he who can save, he who, he who has all authority to save, amen, and change minds and hearts and lives. Why do, why do men pass judgment? You could do one thing to somebody. Oh, cancel. You could do one thing to somebody. You could breathe on somebody wrong. Did, did you just breathe on me? Cancel, okay? I don't like the way you chew your gum. Cancel. Where's grace? Where's mercy? Where's love? When no one else loves you, and I'm telling you this right from the Spirit of God, God will pick up the tab. Amen. He will literally pick it up. It doesn't matter how expensive it is. He will pick it up. He has the endless amount of love. It does not matter how expensive the tab is. Okay? When you are not loved properly, understand why you're not loved properly. When you are loved properly, understand why you are loved properly so you can appreciate both of them, the difference. Okay? Understand it. Got to. You know what I'm saying, right? He even died for the sinner. So who are we to judge? Right? Who are we to pass judgment on anyone? Who are we to make smart remarks? Who are we to say anything about anyone or anyone's walk with God? Okay? Unless you have the authority to do so. But God just don't hand that out willy-nilly. Amen? He just don't hand authority out to people willy-nilly to say, Okay, you could tell this person, you could tell that person. Everybody don't have that authority. And even, even when he does give that authority, it's not the person, it's God. It's the Spirit of God. Amen? Nine. Listen, Christ, let me go back to eight. He didn't ask any questions. He just did it. With the hope that most would see his great love and accept him and live for him. And Yahweh. That the world will be grateful for his grace given the gift of Yahweh. Given by the gift of Yahweh. For when no one else loves you, after you repented, after you changed, after you said you're sorry, after you're hurt, and they still pass judgment, who made them judge? Who made someone judge? No one's judged but God. They still pass judgment on you. I want you to know that Christ loves you. Okay? I want you to know that through every argument, through every, through every, um, through every emotion that you have within your spirit and your mind, 
through every piece of loneliness, through every piece of hurt and pain that comes from life, okay, that God loves you, even when the world won't, even when the world won't, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, we don't live for the world, listen, I don't live for my parents, okay, I just don't, I don't live for my kids, I do not, I just don't. I live for God. I live for God. And I pray that they follow suit. Amen. Me and my wife are one, so we live for the same. But I live for God. Now, much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. What wrath? First advent, grace, second advent, Zechariah 9. Nine and ten. Seven Trump. Mm. That wrath. That wrath that comes. That wrath that's poured out. That wrath that's poured out on those people who don't believe. On those people who don't give grace. On those people who don't have mercy. On those people who don't share. in that prophetic love that God gives. That wrath that we poured out. Those people who worship the first Christ. That, that wrath. Because if you love God, you will know God. And if you know God, you will know Christ. And if you know Christ, then you know God, the true living God. You know that he is Yahweh. Amen. And you understand because he places it in your spirit. And he does so in love. So you can understand to two advents. And you're going to understand why the two advents. And you're not going to have a question like, well, how could God just do this, 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 that? Do you want peace or do you want hell? I prefer peace. Amen. I prefer peace. So the bad must go. Amen. All those people who pass judgment and they're not the judge must go. God said, I give you repentance. I give you a chance to change your heart, to get your mind right. I give you a chance to be right. But if you're not right by the time, after every warning that I've given you, if you're not right by the time I return at the second advent, it's going to be complications. It's going to be a complication. It's going to be a discrepancy. Okay? It's going to be a problem. A huge problem. 10. For if when we were enemies, when were you an enemy to God? When, when you didn't love God. When you don't give grace. When you don't have mercy. When you don't show mercy. We don't show the love, that perfect love of God. When you don't believe. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more being reconciled we shall be saved by his life. That's the only thing that saves you. The life of God. The life of Jesus Christ. That's it. Nothing else will save you. Not what you say. Not what you beg for. Not what you ask for. Nothing else will save you but Christ. Let's make that extremely clear. Nothing else. We are judged by what we do. By God. And of course the fake judgment by man and Satan. 11. And not only so, 
but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you have joy? By whom we have now received the atonement. What atonement? The atonement of life to have eternal life. If we truly believe and redirect our life towards Him. Amen. That atonement is beautiful. It is a beautiful thing. Where's the joy though? Where's the joy? Where's the J-O-Y? Where is it? Where's the happiness? Where is it? It should be oozing out of you. Oozing out of you. If you know who God is. If you understand who it should be oozing out of you. If it doesn't ooze out of you. While people hold their joy in a different way. They sure know. Joy should be oozing out of you. Or people have joy, they have that. No, it should be oozing out of you. Don't make an excuse for the joy that you do not have. Don't make an excuse for the happiness that you do not have. Shoot, listen, nobody, listen. Go get yours, go be happy. But I pray you get it God's way. Amen. If you don't get it God's way, you're going to be real sad. You're going to be real messed up. Amen. Telling you the truth. Get yours. I ain't, I, ain't, I ain't a hater. I want you to get all you can get. Air tang. Get it all. Listen, Christ didn't die for the person who passes judgment on others. Ooh. He did not die for the person who passes judgment on others. He didn't die for the person who won't give love. He didn't die for the person who won't forgive and let go. He didn't die for the person who wants to keep you in pain. He didn't die for the person who wants to keep you in the pain of a forgiven sin that you repented for already. Okay? He died for those that want different. Okay? Think about what I said. He died for those that want different. Not for those who pass judgment and who <coughs> X people off. He didn't die for lumber for lumberjacks who cut people off. Okay? He died for those who want to make a difference in life and love. And love him and his father. Jeremiah chapter 31. Can't stress that enough. Jeremiah 31, verse 3. I'll give you a second to get there. Okay, time's up. The Lord Yahweh have appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. This is a beautiful verse. I love this verse. Okay, it's so beautiful. Mashak in the Hebrew tongue. I put the ak on it. Mashak in the Hebrew tongue. It means to lift out of, to drag, if you're God's elect. Mm. 
to drag. He will drag you. Okay? You hear me say that all the time. Okay? He will drag you. So it's best to make sure that wig is down. Okay? If you're God's elect, it's best to make sure that everything, these, the, your extensions are improperly, your hair pieces are clipped in. Okay? Because he will drag you. That means he will embarrass you. Okay? To get your attention. Because he loves you. And you don't know who you are, but he does. And once he introduces to you yourself, yourself for the first time, hello, how are you? I, I'm you. But I'm the good you. I'm the real you. I'm the you that don't pass judgment. I'm the you that gives forgiveness, grace, mercy. I'm the you that God wants you to meet today because by meeting me, it's going to change who you are within. Glory to God. Have you met yourself yet? Have you met yourself? I pray you meet yourself. I pray you meet who you are. Because he will, um, Mashiach, he will lift you out of all the foolishness of all of your own. He will lift you out of yourself so you can see yourself to drag you if you're God's elect. Okay. To draw out a sound like trumpet, that warning. Or to attach or to attach by love he knows how to draw those that he loves he knows how to draw you out of the world and out of foolishness to his truth he knows how that's who he is that's who he is understand who you are and again meet yourself some of you is for the first time. Meet yourself. Verse 4. Again I will build thee. And thou shalt be built. O virgin. Of Israel. And I ain't talking about a physical virgin. I'm talking about a spiritual virgin. Okay. I'm talking about a spiritual virgin here. A spiritual virgin. One who is not contaminated by the, the way of Antichrist or the way of the world or her by her. That great harlot, that queen who sits so who sits a um queen and have no widow, Revelations eighteen. We're getting there. Again I will build thee, and thou shalt be Built, O virgin of Israel. Thou shalt again be adorned with thy tabrets, and shall go forth in the dances of them that make merry or that are happy. How, how happy are you? You know, I dance about 10 times a day. 10 times a day. Literally, 10 times a day. It doesn't matter where I am. Okay? It does not matter. I will shake my butt. Okay? In the grocery store, I will shake my butt in the mall. I will shake my butt in the doctor's office. It doesn't matter, okay, where I am, okay? My wife will tell you. First lady will tell you. She'll be like, oh, just stop it. <laughs> it does not matter at all. 
Okay? Because of the happiness that lives inside of me. Because of God. Because of who God is. Okay? I'm, there's nothing serious about me. Not one thing. Not one thing. Unless it has a whole bunch of zeros behind it. Then I'm going to be very serious. <laughs> Other than that, it's all good. <laughs> Where's your joy, though? Where's the happiness? Amen? Where's the happiness? Where's the joy? It should be, again, it should be overflowing from you. Overflowing. Watch this. Thou shalt yet plant vines upon the mountains of Samaria. The planter shall plant and shall eat them as common things. It belongs to you, right? So what you plant shouldn't you um, partake of, right? I would hope so. That's, a, that's called a blessing of God. For there shall be a day, church, that the watchmen upon the Mount Ephraim shall cry, Arise ye, and let us go up to Zion for the Lord our God. After the millennium age, not yet. It says not happened yet. It will happen though. After the millennium age and even during the millennium age. You don't want to go to Mount Zion right now. Okay? It's not a place to go right now. It's very dangerous. Very, very dangerous. You don't want to go over there right now. There's a war going over there right now. It's very dangerous over there. So you know this ain't right now. It's not right now. Let's continue here. Verse 7. For thus saith the Lord Yahweh, Adonai Yahweh. Sing with gladness for Jacob, and shout among the chief of nations, publish ye, publish ye, praise ye, and say, O Lord Yahweh, save thy people, the remnant of Israel. Yes, save Israel. But who is Israel? Where is Israel? Save Israel. We know it's Jerusalem, okay? But is there another Israel? What about the ten tribes that went over the Caucasus Mountain? Where are they? They're the free nations of the world today. Do we not control our borders? Is, is every free nation not bordered by the seacoast? You think about that for a second, okay? God said it would be so, and it is so. We have control of all of our borders. Glory to God. Behold, I will bring them... From the north country and gather them from the coast of the earth. There you go. And with them, the blind and the lame, the woman with child and her that traveleth with child together. A great company shall return thither. Return where? To Mount Zion. Not now. Watch this. First lady's going to read something in a second. They shall come with weeping and with supplications. Will I lead them? I will cause them to walk by the rivers of waters in the straight way wherein they shall not stumble for I am a father unto Israel and Ephraim is my firstborn. Praise God. It's a beautiful thing. I want you to realize something here, okay? You live in the, we live in the greatest country in the world. And we are a part of the free nations of the world. 
My first lady's gonna go to her text here. Genesis 22. Who is the tribe of Ephraim? Who is the tribe of Manasseh and why? This is a perfect launching point in this series to present some of this information so you have a clearer understanding of the conclusion. Why it's important for correctly understanding the book of Revelations concerning a few of the chapters. Bible prophecy speaks directly of the United States of America and Great Britain in our day. Prophecy reveals we are largely descended from the ancient tribe of Joseph, the firstborn son of Jacob and his wife by his wife Rachel. Our national greatness was prophesied. That is true, but our nation's downfall is also in scripture. We are seeing this take place, and there is a reason why, which most people overlook as the reason. But Joseph had two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, which modern nation is descended from Ephraim and which from Manasseh. Who is who? In the book of Genesis, we read the astounding statement and prophecy made by God to Abraham and his descendants. By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gates of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. Genesis 22, 16-18 This prophecy was later repeated to Rebekah by her brothers, who said to her, when she accepted the proposal of marriage on Isaac's behalf, made by Abraham's servant. And they blessed Rebekah, and said unto her, Thou art our sister, be thou the mother of thousands of millions, literally billions, and let thy seed possess the gate of those which hate them. Genesis 24 and 60. One of the most important astonishing truths of biblical prophecy is that the Anglo-Saxon people, the founders of the United Kingdom and the United States of America, are descendants from ancient Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Our forefathers are descended from the fabled lost ten tribes of ancient Israel. One of the vital proofs of this is the fact that our nations have possessed the strategic sea gates around the world, just as the scriptures foretold thousands of years ago. Now, if you look at the nations of modern Joseph, the USA, Great Britain, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, they are seacoast nations along bodies of water. Now, the British Isles, Australia, and New Zealand are island nations. They are surrounded by water. The USA and Canada are bordered by great oceans, both having large, extensive seacoasts. It's amazing how the house of Joseph and the nations that it would form would even be surrounded by water or have large seacoasts. It's important because it ties with identifying the house of Joseph, especially Ephraim, because it was always the warrior leader of the group, would become and be made strong by God in the latter days, which only can be summed up by saying that the nations of Joseph would be maritime nations, in other words, having naval powers. Many biblical prophecies speak of the fate of the leading nation of Israel during the last days. That is the United States of America. In Bible prophecy, we are the tribe of Ephraim. Most don't believe this, and most who teach on the lost tribes of Israel do not teach the lost tribes of Israel are the kingdoms like Great Britain, the USA, areas of Western Europe, 
Canada, and so forth. They do not teach the United States of America as the descendants of Ephraim. In Genesis 48 and 16, Ephraim, the leading birthright tribe, the younger of the two sons of Joseph, God inspired the patriarch Jacob to prophesy of the two brothers, Ephraim and Manasseh. The angel which redeemed me from the evil, bless the lads, and let my name be named on them. The name of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. Genesis 48:16. Jacob later said that Manasseh would be great, but added, but truly his younger brother, younger brother, remember that, should be greater than he, and his seed shall become a multitude of nations. You'll see in verse 14, in the Hebrew, or the ancient Hebrew, Ephraim was set before or above Manasseh in rake, in power, and in blessing. They were to become a multitude of states, as the original Hebrew says. And truly, the United States of America, comprised of 50 sovereign individual states, fulfilled this prophecy to the T. Thank you, First Lady. We are a church that teach the truth in the Bible, and we must teach the whole Bible. We can't take some out, leave some here, leave some there. The whole Bible, every prophecy must be taught so you can understand why God speaks, why America's loved, why Israel's loved, why the free nations of this world are loved, because they are Israel and you live in a land that is blessed of God. So I'm going to read 9 again. And they shall come with weeping and with supplications, Will I lead them? I will cause them to walk by rivers of waters. Listen, there is no country who has more rivers than America. Okay? Rivers of waters in a straight way, wherein they shall not stumble, for I am, a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn, even though he is the youngest. Glory to God. Hear the word of the Lord, Yahweh, O ye nations, and declare it. In the isles afar off, and say, He that scattereth Israel will gather him and keep him as a shepherd doth his flock. Praise God. A shepherd who takes care of his flock. You must need a shepherd, and that shepherd is Jesus Christ. That's why America, okay, is big on Christianity. Okay? America is God's nation. It is the nation. Of Jesus Christ. Just as Israel is. For the Lord Yahweh have redeemed Jacob. And ransomed him. From the hand of him. That was stronger than he. Therefore. They shall come and sing. In the height of Zion. And shall flow together. To the goodness of the Lord Yahweh. For wheat. And for wine. And for oil. For the young of the flocks. And of the herds. And their soul shall be as a watered garden, and they shall not sorrow any more at all. Then shall the virgin rejoice in the, in the dance, both young men and old together. For I will turn their mourning into joy, and will comfort them and make them rejoice for their sorrow. 14 to close this one out. And I will satiate the soul of the priest with fatness and my people shall be satisfied with my goodness saith the Lord. I want you to see something here. The word satiate here means to satisfy. 
Okay? I satisfy a need, a desire fully to access. That's what God saying I'm going to do for my priest. For those that love me, for those that seek me, for those that just don't wave me off, for my elect, for my children. Listen, Satan wants, okay, to place judgment on you. Yahweh and Christ want to place their love and grace on you. Newness and hope, okay? Satan in the world, judgment. When no one else loves you, Yahweh will. Remember that. Amen? Remember that. Zephaniah 3. Minor Prophets. Almost done. Verse 14. I want to thank First Lady for reading that. It took me some time to get that together. And I was like, I'm not reading that. It was a lot. <laughs> Zephaniah 3. Verse 14. If you have it, say glory to God. Glory to God. Sing, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all the heart. O daughter of Jerusalem. You're in all of that. Amen. You are in all of that. If you understand the prophecy that I just read to you, you are in all of that. Okay? You know where you are. The Lord Yahweh have taken away thy judgments. Mm. Do you hear what he just said here? He have cast out thine enemy, the king of Israel, even the Lord Yahweh, is in the midst of thee. Thou shalt not see evil anymore. Do you understand what's going on here? So when, when, when no one else loves you, God saying, I will love you. Okay? I will love you. You don't have to worry about the person that don't want to love you, that don't want to be with you, that don't want to um forgive you or move on in life and start anew. You got to worry about that. That's foolishness. It's foolishness, amen? That's foolishness. God just told you. He just told you. I'm in the midst of thee. I will save thee. I will save thee. You understand? He's saying, I will save thee. He said, be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. He said, I, will take, I have taken away thy judgments by Jesus Christ. So if he, take, if he took them away, who was there to judge you? Hmm? If he removed your faults, who was there to judge you? Huh? If he says, you have a new, who, who's there to judge you? Somebody please tell me. No one, right? So why are we so hung up on what someone says? Why are we so hung up on how someone feels about you? If I could rub two pennies together and make a leper crown, I would. makes no sense <laughs> it makes no sense at all but do you understand what I'm saying to you though huh if that makes no sense when someone judges you 
It makes no sense. Makes no sense. None whatsoever. When someone passes judgment on you because of something you've done in the past, and they begin to hate you or not like you, makes no sense. And if you're a child, you ain't do nothing wrong. You're a child. You're a child. Amen? Come on. 15. The Lord Yahweh have taken away thy judgments. He have cast out thine enemy, the King of Israel, Jesus Christ. Even the Lord Yahweh is in the midst of thee. Thou shalt not see evil anymore. In that day, what day? The day of the Lord. It shall be said to Jerusalem, Fear thou not into Zion. Let not thine hand be slack. Why do you put yourself in a box? Why? Why do you suffer through things? Why? Why? Move on. Amen? Move on. Why do you let someone put you in a medallion on their chest and they walk around with you in there? Oh, I own this sucker. I, I own you. What, what'd you say? Be quiet. I own you. That's how people make you feel sometimes. Like I own you. It's a form of judgment. It's a, it's a form of... um. You're only good enough to be right here. I want nothing to do with you. Right here. This is where you need to be. Right here. That's not of God. At all. God, I'm showing you scripture where God says, When no one else loves you, I will. When the world judges you, I will give you love and grace. Okay? Showing you scripture. I ain't making this up. I mean, it'd be one thing if I was just preaching without a Bible, but I'm not. I'm teaching with the Bible. Amen? Out of that box. 17. The Lord Yahweh thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. You better know it. You better know that God is God. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. This is what God does. Give him something to rejoice over. Come out of the box. Give him something to be happy about. Make God dance. Make him dance. He just said he does. Amen. Well, I can't be real. No, the word is real. He just said he does. He just said he does. Make him dance. Make him rejoice over you. Dude, what? Dude, what? There two, there's two times I'm going to be angry. There's two, there's two times I'm going to get angry in life. Okay? When I'm around someone who's disrespecting God. Okay? Well, it's a couple more times than that. When I'm around someone who's doing being unjust. Okay? Or when I'm around someone or something. Or someone's trying to place someone in a box. That angers me. 
Go get my righteous indignation flaring. Okay? Because that's not of God. We're reading the same book, right? Everything I'm reading to you from the word of God is here. I'm not making any of it up. No one thing. God wants you happy. He wants you joyous. He wants you, he wants you to be happy. How could you be happy and enjoy what he's giving you if you're in a box? How? Don't place yourself there. Don't place you Know that you're more than enough. Don't place yourself in a box. Who am I talking to? 18. I will gather them that are sorrowful for the solemn assembly who are of thee to whom the reproach of it was burdened. Meaning what? Whatever you're going through, I'm going to gather you and I'm going to bring you in. And I'm going to remove the burden. I'm going to make things right. And whoever put that, trying to put that burden on you is going to have to deal with me. That's what he's saying. Do you know who your father is? Hmm? Do you understand who God is? I understand who God is. Okay? Therefore, I can live my life accordingly. I can live my life in faith and joy and happiness every day, all day. In, in and out. Every day, all day. Okay? Nineteen. Behold, at that time, what time? The day of the Lord. I will undo all that afflicted thee. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Anyone that has afflicted thee will have to deal with God. Simple as that. But what's your part in all this? Do you, do you repent so that you can be clean? So that you can have joy? So that you can be happy and live in the happiness of God? Do you repent? Right? Because if you don't, this ain't going to work for you. Behold, at that time, I will undo all that afflicted thee, and I will save her that halteth, and gather her that was driven out, and I will get them praise and fame in every land where they have been put to shame. Do you understand what God's saying? He said, I'm going to make every wrong right. Every wrong. Every wrong I'm going to make right. If someone done you wrong, he said, I'm going to make it right. Just like if you done someone wrong, he going to make it right. Amen. 20 to close this chapter out. At that time, will I bring you again, even... In the time that I gather you, for I will make you a name and a praise among all people of the earth. When I turn back your captivity before your eyes, saith the Lord Yahweh, you will no longer be in captivity. You will no longer be in a box. You will no longer be someone's ornament on their chest. Amen. You will no longer be. You will actually be a child of God, doing child of God-like things. Amen? It's important. That's Yahweh. He's great. And there is no one like him.
all by himself wonderful, all by himself great. He says judgments gone, evil gone, hecklers gone, bitterness gone, jealousy gone. You know what remains after all that garbage is gone? His love, his love for you, his grace for you. His joy for you, his joy over you, his blessings for you, his truth for you, his presence for you, his presence for you, when all that other foolishness is gone. Let's close out Isaiah 54. Isaiah 54, 1. One of my favorite chapters. This is speaking directly to God's elect. The Lord's compassion for the childless. Okay? For the childless here. The Lord's compassion for someone without, a, without parents. Think about this. Okay? The Lord's compassion that he has on you and no one else will have compassion on you. Amen? Think about that. In this final generation, in this end time here, Isaiah 54, verse 1, if they have it, say glory to God. In closing, sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear, break forth into singing, and cry aloud, thou that didst not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. This verse is absolutely beautiful. It is such a beautiful verse because what God's saying here is this. He speaks of the time of the Antichrist. He speaks of the time in this found generation, the one you currently live in. This is what he's saying here. He's saying, single barren. When is it a blessing to be barren? To not bring forth children. When is it a blessing? Bringing forth children is a blessing. Amen. But he's saying here, sing, praise, be happy, O barren. Thou that didst not bear. Mind you, the Antichrist is here. What I'm reading to you is the prophecy of the coming of Antichrist when he's here on earth at the sixth trump, sixth seal, sixth vial. And all those people who are impregnated with his false doctrine, with his way, all those people, all those false churches, all the people of the world, who pass judgment on other people because they don't know the true Christ. And who gonna look down on God's elect because they don't know the true Christ and pass judgment on them and say, where's your God? Single barren, thou that didst not bear, break forth into singing and cry aloud, thou that didst not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate. What's, what's desolate? The desolate one. He who makes anything that he touches desolate. He brings desolation. Death. Heresy. Destruction. He makes it an abomination. Antichrist. Um, Matthew 24, Luke 21, Mark 13. He is the desolator. We're not fooled. Because we love God, because we know Christ, because we understand and we are tempered in his love and in his truth.
We get this knowledge. We understand this knowledge. We're not lost in the shuffle. Amen. Count your blessings. Then the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. Let me read this part again. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. So there's more people with the doctrine of Antichrist. And they're carrying around this doctrine inside of them. And he has pregnated them. They are pregnant with this doctrine. And they're giving birth to all these foolish churches over here and over there and over there. And they're just spreading that false hypocrisy throughout the world. And God's not happy. He's saying, blessed are those who are barren. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife. Who are you married to? Who's your husband? Christ is your husband. God is your husband. Isha in the Hebrew tongue. He is your husband. We have one. Just one. We've been talking about virgins. So you better be a virgin when he comes back. At the seventh trump. Because if you're not. If you were at the wrong wedding. Marrying the wrong Christ. You are filthy. And you must sit in the millennium. Thank God for truth. Two, enlarge the place of thy tent. Just open it up. God has opened us up. He has opened us up. I'm repeating it again. He has opened us up. Enlarge thy tent. Our tent is enlarged. You think about that tent that's going across the world right now. It is enlarged. Enlarge the place of thy tent. And let them stretch forth the curtains of thy habitation. Spear not length thy cords and strengthen thy stakes. For you're going to be busting at the seams. Glory to God. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left. And thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles. And make the desolate cities to be inhabited. That's what God does. The Gentiles pile up goods and goods and goods, meaning the people of the world, the nations. They pile up a whole bunch of beautiful things in life. And then God takes it all away in one swoop. And he gives it to his children that love him. That's who God is, friend. That's what he does. That's what he does. Praise God. Watch this. Fear not, for thou shalt not be ashamed, neither be thou confounded. For thou shalt not be put to shame. For, for thou shalt forget the shame of thy youth. And shalt not remember the reproach of thy widowhood anymore. Yes, Christ isn't here. Yes, we are a widow until he returns. Yes, he's returning at the seventh trump. And he's saying to us, fear not, don't worry. Don't worry. Who cares what they say? Your own family members, your own friends, your people who you work with. They're going to be like... I thought you said your God was coming. I thought you said Christ was coming. I see Christ here. I thought you said that you're going to be in a spiritual body when he comes. I'm in the flesh and he's here. Well, that's a fake. That's a fake. You're going to get a lot of people saying some slick stuff to you. Okay? Some slick stuff. All because they don't know. So what do you do? Do you, do you, do you conform to what you hate? Or do you put out that grace and just say, mm-hmm, okay. You've been warned, amen? You've been warned, and you keep it moving. 
Amen? You keep it moving. Don't blow your cover. You just keep it moving. Because when God, when it's time for God to deliver you up before the synagogue of Satan and allow his Holy Spirit to speak through you, it will be the time. It ain't on your time. It's on his time. You be that widow right now and you enjoy that widowhood. Because guess what? God says, I take care of the widow. Glory to God. Watch this, five. For thy maker is thine husband. Who made you? God did. Who made you look the same way you look in the flesh? God did. I'm addressing it all. God did. There's no other maker. For thy maker is thy husband, Isha. The Lord Yahweh is his name. And thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, shall he be called. Hallelujah, Yahweh. For the Lord Yahweh have called thee as a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit, and a wife of youth, when thou was refused, saith thy God. It'll solidify itself. For a small moment have I forsaken thee, but with great mercies will I gather thee. Listen now, when the Antichrist is here and the whole world's against you, it's going to feel like God forsaken you. He is not forsaken you. You hold on for a minute. He already told you how it was going down. So if he told you, he prepared you. And if he prepared you, he's giving you everything that you need to go through, what you're about to go through. So there's no excuse on your part. There's no going into a box on your part. There's no letting Satan own you on your part you do your job amen, amen. it's just a moment eight and a little wrath because his wrath is coming I hid my face from thee for a moment but with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on thee saith the Lord Yahweh Thy Redeemer. Why is he able to redeem us? Because he died on the cross for us. He, he, he's our closest relative. He is Yahweh, our father, our Isha, our husband. A child and a mother and a dad don't share a heart. A husband and a wife share a heart. Amen. They share a heart. And God's saying, you are my heart because you are my wife. And I'm your husband. Glory to God. Why would he refuse himself? He said, I'm going to redeem you with everlasting kindness. Nine. For this is as the waters of Noah unto me. For as I have sworn that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth, so have I sworn. This is a promise now. You can put the rainbow by this. God's bow. Not that cheap fabric imitation toxin that Satan uses and that those um, other people use on this earth, which is an abomination. But God's real bow, the one around his throne. He's saying, for this promise that I made to you, that I'm making to you, is as the waters of Noah. It's not going anywhere. It is forever, just like my bow is forever. Glory to God. For this is as the waters of Noah unto me. For as I have sworn that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth, so have I sworn that I should not be wroth with thee, nor rebuke thee. Why? Because Yahweh loves you. 
for your love and your faithfulness towards him. He loves you. When no one else loves you, he loves you. When the world's against you, he loves you. When Satan's telling everybody, your own family members, to go against you, to fight against you. God's saying, I'm going to love you. I'm going to pick up that tab. I'm going to pick up the slack. Glory to God. For a moment shall, for the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from thee, neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, saith the Lord Yahweh, that have mercy on thee. O thou tossed, O thou afflicted and tossed with tempests, and not comforted, behold, I will lay thy stones with fair colors, and lay thy fount foundation with sapphires. This is beautiful. I love the stone sapphire. I buy First Lady lots of sapphires, okay? Because this is extremely important. Because God loves them. He loves them. And who, do, who doesn't want their wife to have the best? Who doesn't want their wife to stand out in the crowd? Amen? Who doesn't want their wife to cause other people to look and stare? And I will make thy windows of agates, and thy gates of carbuncles, and all thy borders of pleasant stones. And all thy children shall be taught of the Lord. Amen. Yes. And great shall be the peace of thy children. Those that get with the program and get in line. And righteousness shall thou be established. Thou shalt be far from oppression. You ain't got to worry about it. For thou shalt not fear. And from terror, for it shall not come near thee. You don't got to worry about terror. Terror comes from the devil. You don't got to worry about it. You don't got to worry about how someone feels about you. You ain't got to worry about it. You ain't got to worry about what someone says about you. You ain't got to worry about it. Don't worry about it. Stop worrying about the wrong thing. Stop worrying altogether. Amen. Don't do it. If the blessing of God that he has placed upon my life when the anointing is not enough of an example, at least take the word for what it is. Amen. Take the word for what it is. Because it's true. It's so true. Watch this. 15. Behold, they shall surely gather together, but not by me. I'm not sending this troop against you. It's not by me, God's saying. You got an enemy. His name is Satan, Antichrist. And he got people who work for him. Okay? He got people that he used every single day to get to my people, my wife, he's saying. They're not coming by me. Behold, 15 again. Behold, they shall surely gather together, but not by me. Whosoever shall gather together against thee shall fall for thy sake. Behold, I have created the smith that bloweth the coals in the fire. God saying, I created the weapons. I created weaponry. And that bringeth forth an instrument for his work. And I have created the waster to destroy. I have created Satan. And I'm in control of Satan. And there's nothing that he can do to come against you. To put you in a box. That you will not serve and worship me. In the name of Jesus Christ. We serve a great God. No weapon. 
that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment shall thou condemn. Glory to God. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord Yahweh, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord Yahweh. Understand who your father is and understand who your husband is and understand that when you are when you place yourself in a box You're being a punk when you place yourself on, on a medallion You're being a punk when you allow life to take you from here to there and all over the world You are being a punk and I'm telling you to strengthen up straighten up be right serve God in the name of Jesus Christ Remember to stay in the grace of God because that's where he wants you. Don't ever leave that spot. Listen, when we sin, we all sin. We all make mistakes in life. But there is no one. There is no one. Okay? That will love you more than God. Even in your sin. Think about that for a second. There is one thing that's common among humans. Okay? Excuse me, let me rephrase that. There's one thing that is not common among humans, and that's true forgiveness. It's truly a form of love that the world refuses to ad adapt to. The world understands hate more than love. Okay? More than love and grace. So you're going to be hated when you show the love of God to others by giving grace. When you stand up for what's right. When you do what's right. When people can't understand you. They will hate you. Even. In that hate. The world gives. You don't have to worry about it. Yahweh in Christ. Will love you no matter what. When no one else will. Remember to stand in the grace of God because that's where he wants you. God bless you all. I love you all. All going praise to the Father and the Son. I take credit for nothing. In Jesus' name, amen. Were you moved by today's message? Download it now via our website for a donation of $10. Help us sow a seed of truth around the world. Donate any amount today. Thank you and God bless you.